Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Starting us off here on the Billboard Charby Podcast, because this one is all about Dea, and more specifically, uh, the label. Uh, really interesting story of how uh, Dea has gotten signed and broken through over the past year, because it's an independent label called Artbeats. We're going to get into the whole story uh, today here on the Billboard Charby Podcast with uh, the co-founders of the Artbeats label, uh, Steve Zapp, uh, CEO, co-founder, and also uh, Gino Barletta, president and creative uh, director of Artbeats. Guys, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. So, uh, first thanks for having us, Gary. Abs- absolutely. So I, I know we're, uh, we're taping this on uh, Thursday, uh, the 6th of October. The album, uh, day is debut full-length, Sit Still, Look Pretty, comes out tomorrow. So congratulations on that. You guys were actually at the uh, listening party. Uh, was it uh, two nights ago, right? The, the premiere right. party. Absolutely, and it was insane. The place was packed. Everybody was dancing, singing, um, and it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. I mean, it, it was a perfect event, and um, from what I hear, everyone said it was the best listening party they've ever been to, so I love that. <laughs> and, and, and Daya had fun. It had to be just, like, otherworldly for her at this point, given the year she's had. It was unbelievable. She was actually, go ahead, Gino, go ahead. Uh, she was ready for it. She was definitely waiting for this for a long time. It's been uh, a little over a year since the first single came out. So she's been begging us for, what, Steve, like six or seven months to, to have this new music out. So I think it was just probably one of the best moments for her so far to finally just release it and, and know that people are, are finally going to experience what she's been working on for, for the last nine, ten months. Nice. And we should mention, we had the, the word creative in your title. Uh, Gino, you're the, the co-writer of uh, Hideaway and of Sit Still, Look Pretty, and other songs. So you must be pretty proud on, for many reasons, but for just on the artistic side as well. That's, that's your work out there as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's crazy. It's sort of like having a baby. Um, Steve and I had a baby. <laughs> um, it's, been, it's been pretty crazy just um, I'm starting with, with her from the very beginning and seeing it out to the very end. I was able to uh, executive produce my first album, and um, I co-wrote all of the all the tracks on the album uh, with Dea and with some other great writers that I've been working for with for a long time. 
Um, so yeah, it's just an amazing feeling to, to be part of something that's so special to all of us and, and that's getting such a great reception from, from the American audience listening in. Yeah, we'll get into the uh, the creative uh, side. I, w- I want to ask you uh, about that and the writing of uh, the two big hits so far specifically. But, Steve, take us back to the beginning. Uh, you know, more than a year ago, even before that, to, to how, how this whole label, uh, Art Beats, started. And you have an extensive uh, background at major labels, so I'm, I'm sure that played into your decision to, to branch out on your own and just to take us back to the beginning of how this label started. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much, Gary. Um, I have to. I have to tell you. Um, you know, I've been in the record business for 30 years. I uh, I started at Virgin Records when they started in America. I was one of the first 20 employees. Um, I moved over to Warner Brothers. I worked at MCA, and then I worked for Irving Azoff in management. And um, for the last 30 years. I've been watching how things work, and I just I felt like it was my time. Yeah, you know, I've been trying a few times before. I had a I had a pretty decent success with a band called The Cab on my own label. We uh you know we had a gold single and we sold a couple hundred thousand albums. So so I had some experience, but this one was different. Um, from the beginning, Gino came into my office a little over a year, about, about what is Gino about a year and a half ago, and um, two years, a little over is it two years already? It's crazy. Yeah. All right, two years. And uh, he walks into my office. I've been uh, managing Gino and, uh, as a songwriter. And he goes, I got, he says, you have to hear this record I just, I just recorded. So he comes into the office. He plays me Hideaway. Um, basically, uh, Gino can fill you in on the story, but Gino was in a writing camp where he had Dea, whose real name is Grace Tandon, yeah. and, um, and he asked her if, uh, if she wanted to work on this and, and sing it, and asked her to, and they just like cold recorded the single. He got it, one take, brought it to my office, I heard it and flipped out. That moment, I knew we had to do something with her. In the beginning, we were talking about management, we were gonna put it on my label, and to see where it go, where it went from there. Obviously, in, in the beginning, I was thinking, you know, let's get it signed to a major label. Let's do what we always do. Um, so I started sending it out to a bunch of labels. Funny enough, bid on it. Nobody. So, so we kept going. Within like, I don't know, like three weeks of having the record out at radio. By the way, I started working it myself at radio. I'm also a radio promotion guy, right. and we started selling six thousand singles a week, like instantly. It was unbelievable, and I want to give credit to um, the guy who really got it going for us, and that was Kid Kelly at Sirius Hits One, Sirius XM Hits One. That guy believed in it. He heard this record. He wanted to help us. He started playing that thing, and I'm telling you, it was like lightning in a bottle. Every time I heard, every time I heard that song, or every time it played on Sirius Hits One, our sales went up. I could see it on iTunes instantly. He just knew we had we had like a special record. So anyway, going back to the beginning, so I heard the record. Um, I immediately called Dea's mom and her dad with Gino and had them come to L.A. We signed a, we we agreed on on that I would manage her and that we would put it on our label and see where it went. Like I said, we were originally going to put it on a major label, but it just started happening, and I felt like you know what, let's do it ourselves, and we did, and. Um, for about a year, I don't think my my phone would stop ringing. Like after about six months, every label was calling me up. They wanted to give us money. They wanted to sign her, and I just said, you know what? I'm going to do it myself. Yes. So I did. 
They had their, and they that's had where their... we're at right now. And, oh, and we're three. Now we're um, we're on our second single on the on a repeat, and our album's coming out tomorrow. And we also got her on the Chainsmokers record, which went number one. So the girl has three platinum singles as of this week. In fact, we presented her with a platinum um, single for Sister Look Pretty at her record release party. Ah. So pretty amazing. And um, Gino, I think, could tell you about um, about knowing her, meeting her, and how it all st- all it all happened. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask you about that. But it's it, interesting what you just said, uh, Steve, of how after all the labels that you went to passed on her, once the once Hideaway kicked in, then they came back, and you said, "Nope, you, you had your chance." Yeah, that was pretty much it. I mean, I came <laughs> close a bunch. Of, I came close a bunch of times. You know, there are a lot of people that were courting me. Um, I talked to everybody. I took meetings with everybody. And I just realized by the time they were coming at me, I saw the potential. And I knew that I can do what they can do without them. Nothing against them. But, you know, they were offering us an advance, you know, a good size advance. Um, But honestly, I already saw numbers in my head. And I saw what was happening. And I knew that we could be more successful on our own. And the truth is, that put more money into into Dea's into Dea's career and into her pocket, you know, by doing it ourselves, and I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the fact to say that that Dea is like an artist with three platinum singles, fully recouped from our record label, and on her way to become a superstar. I remember it uh, the, the first first uh, time I heard about Dea is I was uh, I was with Elvis Duran. This is uh, again about a little more than a year ago, and uh, we were doing a story uh, Day in the Life of, of Elvis. And Adea was uh, the uh, Elvis's artist of the month at the Today Show, and uh, you could tell that uh, there was there was something brewing. I know Elvis was a huge fan of the song, and Adea was in high school at the time. She was uh, talking with uh, with Kathy Lee and Hoda about uh, you know still being in high school. But I I got the sense that it, it was the beginning of something. It seemed like there was just between the song and and her singing that the, there was some spark there. There was that feeling, but I have to also say, going back to the beginning, that I saw, you know, the artists that were on before us on, like, the Elvis Duran, you know, like, um, I don't want to name artists, but there were artists that were on there before us, and, you know, they were going to be the next big thing. I have to say, we're the only one who ended up with three platinum singles. Something magical happened. You know, I just have to say... I'm going to attribute it to a few things. I think our work ethic as a team was unbelievable. Um, I feel like Gino's songwriting with Dea uh, was incredible with all our other songwriters involved in this project. They just crushed it. And then I also want to say that Dea has a magical voice. And something about her voice on record is so warm and comforting. It's like part of the ingredient. We have the perfect um, combination happening right now. All right, tell me about this uh, this writing camp and Gino. This is where uh, where your talents really come in. Did you know uh, Dea beforehand? You you worked with her, but how how did it just wind up that you had a camp? She was there. Suddenly, Hideaway gets written and recorded, and, and look where we are now a year later. Well, I'm a Dea. I, I'm a Dea. I, I still have a tough time calling her that because I've known her for so long. <laughs> I met Grace um, when she was probably about twelve, so it's been about four years. Oh, okay. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania as well. She's from Pittsburgh. I'm from the Poconos. Um, but after I graduated high school, I went out to Pittsburgh. I went to Carnegie Mellon uh, University for a year to study music. And while I was there, um, one of the girls that I went to school with formed a really good relationship with her. And after I had left Carnegie Mellon to, to come out to L.A., you know, I started transitioning to contemporary music, and I started exploring with songwriting and production. And 
after she graduated, uh, this girl, Christina Trumbolo, um, she opened up a conservatory uh, outside of Pittsburgh in one of the rural towns. And, um, you know, she started doing these programs with these young kids um, for, you know, musical theater and classical music. But a lot of her students were interested in working more on the contemporary side of things and pop music. And as I was starting to sort of work and, and come up a little bit as a songwriter, she reached out and she said, you know, I'm seeing what you're doing out there in L.A., and we don't really have a lot of that here in Pittsburgh. It's, it's sort of all rooted in the classical and theatrical genres, and all these kids who are watching American Idol and The Voice and America's Got Talent want to sing all these pop songs, and I just don't know how to, I don't know how to teach them. And I don't know, you know, a thing about songwriting, and some of the kids are interested in writing songs. So I went, I think, probably in 2012, uh, for the first time and did a summer camp and uh, that's actually where I met Grace ah. and she was just one of those students who had you know that extra drive and this like fire in her eyes about wanting to know everything about songwriting and the recording process and pop music and she, there was just something different about her um, but obviously you know as, as a 20 something you know trying to work in the music industry I'm not looking at a 12 year old thinking okay this is this is my next line you know I'm, I'm, I'm thinking okay you know in six years when she's out of high school then we can have a serious conversation right um, but as the years sort of went by and I was going back and forth between LA and Pittsburgh doing these workshops and seminars she was she was becoming more and more serious and I was having conversations with her mother um, about how much she really wanted to to do this she wanted to come to la she wanted to meet some of the producers i was working with she wanted to get into the studio and you know to be honest i was still really really hesitant because i didn't know what i would do you know after we recorded the song you know if she were to come out and and we were to say okay let's get in the studio and, and this is how much it's going to cost because we all know that you know the recording process and the songwriting and production process is not cheap um you know i didn't know what the next step would be um but finally it sort of came to this point where she and her mom were almost relentless with me saying, you know, she just, she needs to come out, she needs to come out, and you're the person that she wants to work with. Can we please make something happen? And I said, you know, I, I, I could put something together, but I can't make any promises about what's going to happen after the fact. But I, I have some friends who are also great songwriters who I work really well with and uh, some great producers. So let's just set up a writing camp where Grace can come out and sit in the sessions and collaborate and sort of really get uh, a hands-on look at how things work sort of behind the scenes. And um, so she came out to L.A. in January of 2015, and we had six days in the studio. We were at Paramount Recording Studios, not down on Santa Monica Boulevard. And um, we had uh, five days of, of writing where I just brought in a couple different producers, a couple different writers, and we would work 10, 12 hours a day, you know, just writing songs and sort of going through different genres and different processes. And um, on the second day of the camp, we wrote Hideaway. And... Um, from the very beginning, she was like, this is the song at the end of the week. I told her she could record one song at the end of the week. And she said, this is the song I want to record. And I said, no, 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 no. You know, there's, a, there's another song that we already wrote that I think is perfect for you. And it seems like it suits you more. And this is more of like a pop record. And at the time, she was doing a lot of acoustic stuff because she plays piano as well. Yeah. And I was, I was almost fighting her on it. Um, and then at the end of the week, I made her record the other song. And then we had all this time left over. So... I said to her, I said, okay, fine, like, you know, we have all this extra time. We might as well just have you cut this song because it's a female record anyway. <laughs> I'm like the big brother and the mentor who's like, I'm not going to give you what you want right away. <laughs> um, but it turns out that she actually knew better than I did. I think it's time that the song was meant for her because as soon as she got on the mic and started recording this song, everyone in the room was just like, 
oh my gosh, like our jaws were were on the floor. Yeah. Like this song is actually incredible, and and her voice on it is just magic. And so you know that's that's how the the hideaway thing came about. And after the camp, it was sort of like, okay, just go back to Pittsburgh, go back to school, go about your life, and we'll do another writing camp, you know, in the summer. Um, but funny enough, you know, a week later, I was in Steve's office just catching up, and he said, do you have any music? And I said, yeah, I have some new songs. Like, do this song with this with this girl, you know, she's 15, she's just a voice student. It's nothing big. You know, I'm downplaying it because I don't, I don't hear things the way that Steve hears them as a, as a radio promo guy. Yeah. And as soon as I played it, he was, like, jumping out of his chair saying, this this is amazing, this is special. Like, who is this? Who's this girl? And, and what is this song? But God, it's just a voice student of mine. Like, it's no big deal. He said, no, this is a hit record. Like, we have to do something with this. And I thought he was crazy, but, I mean, uh, the rest is history. So we know we know the rest of the story. He was, he was right on point, and she was right on point. And like, like he said, it's sort of just uh, a magical chemistry that was the right place in the right time, and, and we just rolled with it. And, you know, now we are where we are. Do you remember the actual uh, process of writing Hideaway, uh, Gina? How, where the title came from? Where the, the whole message? What, what was? Uh, what do you remember about uh, the songs? Uh, or well, the first day she came into the studio, it was a Monday, and uh, there were a couple writers in the room, and she was at the time, you know, she's uh, very, she was very shy, and she, you know, she was a fifteen-year-old girl who really wanted to write songs, and I was, I was putting her in the room with some other people who had, you know, big credits, writing for Justin Bieber and Megan Trainer and all these different people. So I think at, at the beginning she was quite intimidated by the whole process because, you know, as a creative person, sometimes you hesitate to say, you know, what your thoughts are out loud because you don't want people to judge you, or you don't want people to. But yeah, that's not such a great idea. Right. And so she was kind of silent the first day. And at the end of, of that day, I said, you know, tomorrow when you come in, I just I want you to feel free. I want you to open up and, and don't be afraid. You know, I've, I've known you for years and we're good friends. And I'm not going to judge you. If, if anybody in the room isn't going to judge you, it's going to be me. And so she comes in the next day and, you know, we're all sitting around. It was me, uh, Scott Bruznak, the producer, um, Britton Newbill, one of the other co-writers, and Brent McLaughlin, who's another one of the co-writers on Hideaway. And we were all just kind of sitting around, and Scott was sort of drumming up this track. And I said to Grace, I said, you know, what? tell me what's going on in your life. You know, open up. Feel feel free. You know, her mom was there with her, too. So I said, you know, Mom, you got to leave the room for a little bit. I want, I want your daughter to feel like she can say whatever is really going on in her life. If she's, you know, talking to a boy or if she has a boyfriend or if she has a crush or whatever is going on. And, you know, she kind of told me, she said, you know, I'm, I'm at that age where, like, yeah, you know, boys are kind of interesting to me, but... Like, you know, I I wanna I wanna find somebody if I'm gonna date, you know, as a teenager in high school, I wanna make sure that that guy really respects me and you know, a lot of guys nowadays just want certain things that I'm not willing to compromise on, you know, morals and ethics and standards and that sort of thing. And I was like, Well, you know what, that's a really great song, you know, girls your age and above your, you know, from eight to eighty can really relate to that sentiment of wanting to find a really good guy. And Scott had Sort of done this little track which actually ends up being the the track for the song we didn't change it at all um and we all sort of just kind of started humming melodies and um brett came up with this melody that eventually turned into the hook and i said i started humming it and then i was like where do the good boys go? i'm like where do the good boys go to hide away that's like a, that's a great hook like yeah. we have a hook that's we have we have a song and the song was probably finished being written in like 30 or 40 minutes and it was just one of those things that instantly just made sense. It was it was easy. It was one of those songs that just seemed like a no-brainer. And um, we, I mean, we all just we took it for what it was. We're all songwriters, so we never we never really know in the moment is something great or is it just another song. You know, we were happy that 
it seemed like a, a big catchy hook and the production was cool and the lyric was relevant, but you never know what's going to take. Um, so we finished that song and we just moved on to another one. And, and it was like that for the rest of the week until, until the end when she finally. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I recorded it. We've talked a lot uh, on the podcast about uh, songwriting and collaborations and how it's pretty rare for one person to write a song by themselves. And it's interesting to hear how in that case of, of collaboration, you have all these people in a room and, and you're saying Day was even intimidated at first. But it, it's pretty cool to hear that it, it really was her message and there is so much of her life and her voice in the lyrics to that song. Because I think that's such a key reason why the song became a hit because it, it, it has to speak to her fans on such exactly. a personal level. Yeah, exactly. And th- that was really key, I think, too, moving forward, because after Steve started working Hideaway and it started taking off, you know, she had to be on the road. She was doing station visits every single day and doing performances. And Wait, Gito, I was- cut you off, Gito. One thing, she was in high school for three of the months when we started, to see though. She was studying for her finals and thinking about prom. But go ahead, Gino. I'm sorry. I had to, I had to say that. <laughs> but once, once, she started, once she started going, after she was finished with school, um, you know, there was this pressure from, from Steve. And then we, once we started working with Sony Red, they said, we need an EP. And I said, well, she's not, I don't have any time with her. You know, they wanted an EP in like a month or two. And she was, you know, booked up with all these dates for performances and, and visits and whatnot, uh, doing promotion for the single. Um, so, I, you know, I got back in the studio with the same guys, and I said, okay, well, I know Grace for a really long time. And the, the core message of Hideaway really is who she is as a person. And for a, a 16-year-old to be talking about relationships, um, a lot of times it doesn't connect with people because, you know, if they're singing about love and heartbreak and all this stuff, people realize that they haven't really gone through that. But what she was going through, which was, you know, looking for or waiting for that, that right person to even just begin experiencing what you might think is love and standing up as a young female and saying, you know, we don't have to be treated a certain way or told that we can't do things is just a really relevant message to girls her age and beyond. And it was something that she was really passionate about, you know, the, the whole empowerment thing. So um, having that personal connection with her really, I think, assisted in the development of the music on the EP and the album um, because we, we tapped into something that was really honest for her and authentic so that even when she couldn't be in the room to collaborate, it still felt like it was her voice that was ringing through, you know, on all the songs. And her mom really, uh, she stayed out of the room when Hideaway was written. It's like a, like a songwriter 
confidentiality. I wanted Grace to feel comfortable that she could say anything that, she, that was on her mind, you right. know. Um, but, you know, her, her mother was in and out, obviously, because she wanted to sort of see how it worked as well. And she had the video camera, and we were kind of all documenting. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I experience that a lot when I'm working with young artists because um, I was doing a lot of that when I was doing those seminars and those summer camps. And, you know, when the parents sit in on their voice lessons or their songwriting classes, they all kind of, like, go into their shell because they're, like, almost embarrassed to say, oh, I like this boy at school or, you know, there's this girl I'm talking to. You know, the, the kids, like, shut down when right. their parents are around. So it almost inhibits them at, at certain points in the creative process. Um, but, you know, now she's getting to the point where, you know, she's, she's on the road with her mom, so I think she'd probably say anything at this point around her. Well, it sounds like her mom is really a big part of her success in, in such a positive way. Yeah, she's been incredibly supportive um, of her from the very beginning. From the day that I met her, you know, they have four other daughters, and they all have such um, – drastically different aspirations and talents um and i've i've been around them you know long enough to know that they will support their daughters and their dreams until the very end no matter what it is whether it be you know in the field that they excelled in which was engineering or whether it be you know i want to be a pop star they're just they're they're incredible parents in in allowing their kids to just like spread their wings and and do whatever it is that they really are truly passionate about which is incredible oh that's great and let me ask you uh, uh, gino was sit still look pretty written in in that same week or did that come later Cecilia Pretty came later um, out of actually quite a random session um, with another writer who I'd never met, Mike Campbell. Uh, he's actually based in New York. He was a co-writer on Say Something. Um, and one of my friends, who I also went to Carnegie Mellon with, set me up with him. She said, he's coming out to L.A. for a couple days. You guys should just get together and write. So I had a session just at my house in my living room. It was me, Mike Campbell, and then Britton Newbill, one of the other guys on Hideaway. And Mike came in and he said, I have this title that I've been I've thinking about it's called Sit Still Look Pretty. And we were like, oh, that sounds cool. That's pretty, it's a pretty cool title. So we wrote the song, and when the song started, it was actually a completely different lyric. It was actually really inappropriate and very racy about, you know, a girl out on the town getting drunk because she didn't want to, you know, getting drunk and doing whatever she wanted to because, you know, she didn't want to be just a, a plain Jane. And um, as we, like, we finished the song and I took it to Scott to produce it, and I'm like, wow, this lyric is, is actually really cool, um, but it sonically would really work really well for Dea after Hideaway had sort of taken off. I'm like, this would be a great song for Dea, but she could not say any of these lyrics. So before she came out to L.A. again, I sat down with her and I said, we have to rewrite this whole thing because the concept of Sit Still Pretty is such a strong empowerment message for girls. But, you know, we can't be talking about going to the club and, and you know, taking shots and all this stuff with a 17-year-old. So we kind of scratched the whole lyric and started from from the beginning all over again um, and just thought, okay, if the same girl who was singing Hideaway was singing, I don't want to still look pretty, what exactly would she say? And, um, you know, again, it was one of those things that was sort of just very quick and easy because we, we knew we knew Grace. We knew what the message and the brand of Dea was, was starting to, to become for her. Yeah, I was going to say it. It sounds like both of those uh, songs are have similar themes, and you feel like you're getting to know who she is, a you know, strong mm-hmm. strong young exactly. woman. And both of those songs kind of kind of hit that angle. Yeah. All right, Steve, uh, let me let me ask you. Um, Hideaway, you said uh, uh, Kid uh, Kelly at uh, Sirius XM was really a, a big supporter early on. It, it still took a little while for 
a hideaway to cut through it. It wound up going top 10 at uh, Pop Radio, which is great. And now Sit Still Look Pretty has gone top 10 again at, uh, at, at uh, Top 40 Radio. So it's two uh, days of solo top 10s. Is it still, because it's taken a little while for both of those songs um, to come home at the format, do you still face a little uh, a bit of a challenge because you're an indie? And, and tell me how uh, Sony Red plays into Artbeats, but it, it, it probably okay. has to be a little bit of a challenge, and that probably makes it really a, a sweeter reward when, when you see both of these songs go top ten. Yeah, first I want to say um, um, Sony Red is our partner. Um, when we started out the, um, the first single, I was on my own, and I needed a partner because when I had the cab, you know, I charted three pop records, but I didn't do it with anybody, and I wasn't able to get in. You know, I felt like radio kept me out because I was really an indie. I mean, I was doing it myself. You know, it was, I put it up myself, no distributor, nothing. I saw that, you know, Danny Bush had a lot of success with some other acts like Mumford & Sons, and I knew he had a link into getting into radio and helping us be successful. And I just want to say from, from day one, it's funny, I'm still struggling. You'd be surprised. You'd think... It would be easy, like easier now that I have two top ten records. I pray that my next single, which is a monster called Words, is our next single yeah. off the album. Yeah. And I pray they get it this time and they all hit the record and they they make they don't make me work for it so hard. Honestly, <laughs> I have struggled. I, I've struggled from day one. Gino can tell you I, I've lost sleep. I've aged. Um, my family doesn't know me anymore. Um, <laughs> um, I'm serious. I've so, I do so much stuff to have to stay on top of it, and I'm nonstop being stressed out because, you know, radio, they fight. They fight you on everything, you know, and you know how it works radio. You have the big radio chains who have their priorities. They have their agendas, and the major labels get the shots. They get them all the time because they have superstars that – that you know the radio chains need so they give them shots and other records you know because they have to stay in business and just how it's set up it's not their fault it's not my fault it's just how it's set up so so you know from the first day i mean i can't tell you i was selling 90,000 singles a week on hideaway and i still had people radio stations tell me eh, i don't know you know we don't really play indie records if you can believe that it's true I'm having a problem right now. I still have, I still have like like seven or eight major pop radio stations not playing Sistilic Pretty. It's unbelievable, and it's like, and and they they feel no wrath from us. You, you know what I'm saying? We're a small company. Yeah. We can't do anything to anybody. All we can do is have hit songs. We can't make anyone do anything they don't want to do. Which I wish I wish Radio would understand that if we have a top ten record, we're at number we're at eight bullet right now on the chart. If they understood that there's no way that I could be that we could be at eight bullet on the chart if it wasn't real. There's no way. It's not possible. They wouldn't allow it to happen. They should give us extra love, you know? When we have a record that goes top ten, they should all be playing it in sub-power to power rotation because there's no way it could be done unless it's real. I have no moves, you know? All I have is a hit record. And by the way, it's our third hit record. So, so well, I say third because we also have Chainsmokers hit as well. So I just want to say we've been struggling, and we continue to struggle. Every look... It goes to press. It goes to radio. It goes to everything. You know, we go on. Um, we go on a TV show. They want us to still play Hideaway when Sister Lipretti's top ten. Why? Because we're in the LA market. Can you believe the LA? There's nobody playing the record in LA yet. Kiss just added the record this week. Uh-huh. We're very, we're very happy and thankful about that. Thank you. But um, we've had, yeah, thank you, Kiss. And we've had no airplay in the market. And 
And you know how frustrating it is that uh, the executive producer on like like Dancing with the Stars um, doesn't even know it's sits still pretty and it's it's top ten, and tells us we have to perform Hideaway on TV, you know, because he doesn't know it. It's funny, but it's it's still happening. It happens with TV looks. I mean, I'd love to be on the Ellen Show. I'd love. Yeah, I'm being very honest with you here yeah. on this on this um, conversation. I'd love to be on the Ellen Show. I'd love to be on the Tonight Show. You know, we've been on the Today Show twice. We've been on uh, Good Morning America with the Chainsmokers, um, James Corden. We've been on that show, but we're still fighting because we don't have a machine behind us. You know, Thanks. and it makes it to answer your other question. Yeah, yeah it's super sweet. Daya's amazing. We're a team. You know, Daya's mom has been helping us so much. And like on the road with her, we're like we're doing this together. You know, it's a small company, and uh, we have one of the big pop. Look, you guys just made her um, number top five, twenty one under twenty one, yeah, and we she, did that. She, she, we she, did that without a major label. It's she, unbelievable. She, she did that. We're, we're, we're just reflecting her success. And I know, it, I know. Yeah. The the, 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 the funny. I mean, if, if you were to look at it on a really on the total positive side, you could say it's it's a good problem to have that people want to hear. Oh, yeah. Hideaway instead of the new single. That, that just shows you. I mean, if you knew that a year ago, that your your problem would be, oh, people are are, are sticking with the first hit. You probably think that's that's a good problem to have. No, absolutely. I mean, I was answering your question, so basically ask you about the struggles. But um, on the positive note, we did do it. Um, and now we have a lot of credibility, and it's helping us in many other ways as a company. Where um, Gino is, you know, is now a hit songwriter, as is every other uh, producer and songwriter. We changed the lives of so many people with this project because we didn't use every person that gets hired to write every hit song that's on the radio. We had our own team. We're all friends, and. We, we were at a party, I swear to you, we were at this listening party, and I could see in the room how many people were like just starting out their career, trying to get a break, and now they're all hit songwriters, hit producers, hit artists. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I feel like we created a cottage industry in the music business. You, you I know, really do. You, and you, there's more artists coming our way because of it. You know, it's interesting, Steve. Kelsey Ballerini said the same thing uh, on the country side about her success, how she did her album that's had three number ones at country radio now, and she said, oh, it was just me and my friends writing and producing this. Same kind of thing. You never know where, where the connection is going to be made. It doesn't always need the big names. That's right. We love Kelsey as well. You know, Dad did a duet with her on uh, Radio Disney Music Awards. Right. And Kelsey is another artist that I admire a lot. She's she's like us. We're all the same, you know, and we're doing this, and we're really, really proud of the work we're doing, and it's quality. I mean, it's quality. Most people wouldn't want to put 14 hit songs on an album, but this is, I'm saying right now, this is Gino Barletta's masterpiece and Dad's masterpiece, and it's going to go down in history. People are going to be so blown away when they hear this record it's that good the uh, other uh, piece of the of the, the day of uh, great puzzle so far in, in this first year steve and it, the way i look at it is if it had just been a hideaway and sit still look pretty hitting the top 10 that'd still be a great first year for a new artist but in the middle this other uh, this other minor hit you mentioned don't let me down by the chain smokers <laughs> featuring Daya. yeah was that even uh, was that a part of the equation early on or that one just uh, fall into your lap and 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 Boom, just like that, you wind up with, with a huge uh, number three Hot 100 hit that's one of the biggest hits of the year. I'll tell you how it happened. It's, kind of, it's a great story. Um, we were working um, Hideaway. We were just getting started. You know, it was starting to take traction. 
and we were it was distributed through Red. Um, also at Red, um, Tom over at Red at REL, which is their so Red Associated Labels. He was working the Chainsmokers record Roses um, at the time. Um, you know, the Chainsmokers had that that hit Selfie, which is a novelty hit, and then Roses was breaking, so they weren't like what they are now. Right. They were just there again. They were on an independent label, and they hadn't broken big, but but they sent me the song. Um, they actually sent me a demo. Emily Warren, I believe, wrote the uh, wrote the single. Yes, and uh, they sent yeah. me the demo, and I heard the demo. I have the demo still. And um, they they said, what do you think about Dea um, submitting, you know, because they saw us breaking Dea. And they said, what do you think about Dea singing on this song? And remember, they, you know, at the time, Roses, you know, nobody knew who Roses was either. And um, Gino actually took Dea in the studio, per my suggestion, and recorded it in our studio and sent it to them. And um, they got it. And the exact words were, winner, winner. I think we have a winner here. And... <laughs> And, and again, we didn't know what, what it would be. At the time, Roses wasn't even a hit yet. So we didn't know. We thought it was cool because we wanted to be on the EDM records. And as a, I also managed Dea. So as a manager, I wanted to expand her audience. So I felt, you know, chain smokers are big with college kids. You know, at the time, they weren't as big, again, as, I, you know, as they are now. And I thought it would be a good, you know, a good look for her. And um, the song, when we heard it, like combined is just magic, and um, Gino actually executive produced the vocals on that record, and um, and so it was an amazing collaboration. And look at it now. I mean, you know, think about it. When she performs live, you know, she gets to own that song because she performs it with her band, and it sounds like the record. And you can't re you can't dupli duplicate her voice with another person. You know, so. So it gives her three hits to go on tour with, which, by the way, she's going on tour in February for her first headline tour, and we're excited about that as well. Well, that is uh, great, guys. It's a, it's a really cool success story. I mean, we've written about it uh, early on, uh, late last year, when, when Hideaway was breaking through, and I've, I've just uh, been a fan of the story, how uh, you, you wind up rooting for the underdog when, uh, when you see what you guys have been doing. And now, uh, a year later, to see uh, the album uh, come out, three hits uh, for Dea, just congratulations all around. It, it really is a great story. Um, what, 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 what else is in the future for Artbeats? Other, other, other artists you guys are, are uh, looking to promote next? Or is it uh, right now the focus really is on Dea? Uh, we're ahead, also, tell them all about it. Yeah. Uh, Dea is always obviously going to be a huge focus because she sort of, you know, was the startup of the company. And um, that project is, is so near and dear to both Steve and I and the, and the rest of the team. Um, but we also had a, a new signing. Uh, her name is Simon, S-Y-M-O-N. Um, who uh, put out a, a little teaser single earlier in the year called Say, <clears throat> but now we're getting uh, we're getting in the studio again and, and really buckling down to uh, prepare the the first single, which I think will come out within the next few months. Um, and then my project as well, which will be starting as soon as I finish working with everybody else. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're I think Steve and I are always uh, eyes and ears open for uh, exciting talent. You know, people that have something unique and. Uh, we're, you know, Steve and I are both artists in our own right, so I think the most important thing is that we really work with people who have 
artistic integrity and, and vision and, and something different that uh, people can connect to. Uh, we're not just looking for, you know, someone who could be a placeholder for a hit song. We really, really want to work with um, artists that are going to make an impact and uh, leave a mark on, on the industry, which I think is, you know, what Daya is doing, and I think it's what Simon will do, and I pray that it's what I will do as an artist as well, and, and hopefully everyone else that, that, that we work with in the future. And Gina, you said uh, you, you still call Daya Grace. Have, have you seen her change at all personality-wise in the last year? She's now, uh, I'm sure she's become more confident, but she's still, still down to earth, still still the same girl? She's you, certainly, you her, she has certainly become more confident. I think the only way that I've seen her change is she's just become more mature and wiser and, and more talented and, and even more dedicated to her craft and uh, the, the project than she was in the very beginning. I mean, she's, she's really a special girl. Like, since the day that I met her, she's she was wise beyond her years, and you know I, I give a lot of credit to her parents for, for exposing them to so many different things. You know they traveled all over the world and uh, do a lot of charity work in other countries and building houses for you know for underprivileged children in like third world countries. I mean they're just in a, there's an amazing family, and she's she's always had just a great foundational um, you know core ethic in her and um i don't think that will ever change she's definitely you know it has not gone to her head and she knows uh she knows that the people around her really care about her and love her and i think the the feelings are mutual and and she'll always uh i think she'll always stick with the, the people who who have her back and, and vice versa so it's it's really cool to see her have such success and still be who she was in the very beginning thanks guys for coming on the chart beat podcast Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 